part of the Another Realm Media Network. Coming up in this episode. One thing I'd like to like to draw back on is that back during my kind of what I call my second step up, um, I began to experience what many different things. I was having visions, uh, channeling, automatic writing. Uh, it was so intense. But during one of those experiences, in the middle of the night, um, basically, I got up, felt compelled to, went back in our in my study, laid down, and I began to feel energy sensations in my body, almost like a wave. Mm -hmm. And they kept increasing in frequency and magnitude to the point I I didn't know what was going to happen. But I basically, I completely ramped up over, let's say, know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Anyway, but in doing so, I felt like there was so much energy present in my body. Something was going to materially manifest in the room. Mm -hmm. That's all I could think. Something's going to happen because I don't know what it, what is happening to me. But... In so doing, uh, after that, I went to sleep. I woke up the next morning, and there was a presence in my mind that wasn't there before. Mm -hmm. And that presence became known to me or shown to me as what they call the, what, she, what it calls the Emily mind. Welcome to this episode of Mysterial Experiences where we delve into the heart of mystery and the ethereal. Today we invite you on a voyage through shadowed realms of the unexplained. From spectral whispers to cosmic enigmas, join us as we explore tales and phenomena that challenge our understanding of reality and a quest to uncover truths hidden in the fabric of the extraordinary. Prepare for a journey into the unknown where each revelation is a step closer to unraveling the mysterious. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we've got with us here today, Mark Valentine, which if nothing else that Mark had going on other than his name, I would be intrigued enough. Uh, Mark Valentine sounds like either a lounge singer or um, potentially a... Um, uh, a gospel type person. I don't know. I just I I just want to tune in and hear what Mark Valentine has to say. So, Mark, welcome to the program. Good to be here. <laughs> I, I won't be doing any gospel singing, but uh, <laughs> it's great to be here. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I I do have to ask because it is a fantastic name, and I and when I first heard the name, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Deb Shakti, introduced me to you. I was intrigued to know if that's a uh, a born last name like you were given at birth or if you adopted it for um the efforts that you're going through or, or what no i'm i'm from a long history of valentine's it's basically from uh an english uh, ancestry and um my father's name is is or was he's no longer alive but andrew jackson valentine mm. now that's a, that's a bigger that's a bigger yeah valentine. really that's yeah. a yeah and so yeah i i like the name i do and by the way so name. and since we had a long last name my parents decided to give uh not give my sister two sisters or me a middle name so we're just going with that so just mark nun valentine mark and no middle name valentine 
<laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, it's a great name. So um, I I would run with it all the time. I, mine is Rutledge, which uh, usually when people spell it, they include an H. I don't know why, but they, they make it Ruthledge. Um, I always tell people you spell it like you're stuck in a rut on the side of a ledge. Now, I, I do have... There are two Rutledges that are famous. We don't. We haven't been able to track ourselves back to them, but there was a Rutledge that signed the Constitution, and there was a Rutledge that signed the Declaration of Independence. But we have not been able to track our lineage back to them. They're probably third cousins on somebody's side or something, but yeah, it's still pretty cool to say, yeah, I've got a Rutledge that signed both of those documents, so... I remember, I remember that name from watching the John Adams series, which mm -hmm. was a great series about the beginning of our country. And not a good yeah, portrayal of Rutledge in that series, though. Yeah. I'm trying to—I don't remember what state he's from. South Maybe Carolina. South yeah. Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, he was. Uh, it, but portrayal in that series was that the Rutledges were very much against. Uh, signing the declaration and all that kind of stuff. So maybe I should distance my name from it. I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyways, so what we're here to talk about today, uh, the name of the podcast is Mysterial Experiences. And so the way I lump everything mysterial for those you know who are, who are longtime listeners, I'm sorry that you'll have to hear the explanation again, but it's everything that is outside of what mainstream would consider normal. Um, and I think that you know, Mark, what you've got going on with uh, your experience um, in channeling, I think definitely falls within the categorization of Mysterial. Um, and I, I just want to give you an opportunity. I, I know that there's a very long uh, introduction about how you started channeling on your website. But if you could give me uh, an elevator speech, so to speak, for anybody who's listening as to how you actually... Uh, fell into it, so to speak, uh, and started channeling. Yeah. Uh, anyway, again, Josh, good to be here. And I began, first of all, in terms of living a quote-unquote normal reality, so-called reality-based life, um, I worked in the engineering field, environmental engineering, for four decades. And so, and then towards the end of that career, let's just say the the atypical uh, reality life wandered into my life. And so it's not something that I set out to do, although I did feel a deeper calling to live and experience a spiritual life. In fact, um, after I graduated, I had two degrees in engineering and uh, in engineering. And then when I graduated, I started my career and then um, I, I, after a few years, I, I really asked myself, is this deeply satisfying? Is this what I want to do when I grow up in the rest of my life? And I struggled. And I looked at uh, being a unity minister, not really intensely, but I did look at that. And long story short, I scratched my head for uh, many months. And then I came across the psychic. And that psychic said to me that, and I've never had anything that I'm really, I, I, I wasn't in that realm or in that, in the, any of that. So I kind of stumbled on that. But anyway, so she said, uh, Mark, you're going to continue your, your engineering field, but your quote unquote 
spiritual life will come from, you know, contact with other dimensional beings mm -hmm. and including UFOs, angelics, and it's just that's where that deep calling you're feeling inside mm -hmm. yourself is going to come from. And then she said some other things like you're going to relocate from Kansas City to the East Coast and you're going to continue your engineering career. And then all of that actually came true. That part of it came true and the whole thing really came true. And what's interesting, um, I moved to the East Coast. My wife, we've now been married for 41 years. She, in her own life, came upon the same psychic and kind of gave her a similar message. And Joyce and I then, the psychic said, well, give Joyce a call. Maybe you can help her out. Kind of in a practical way. Mm -hmm. So I did. We talked a little bit and then she shared She's a child prodigy concert pianist. So she shared a recording of a concert she did. And when I heard that, it went from uh, helping a person out to actually scared me. This is the person I'm going to marry. It was like somewhere, somehow encoded in the music. Yeah. And so, and we still hadn't even met yet. So we later got married. And so her, our, her Lee experience and my Lee experience kind of catapulted catapulted bolted us into this whole venture called life anyway but but in terms of the channeling um i experienced lots of intu intuition uh and joyce and my wife and i shared some of that but towards the end of my career i began to uh what i call hit by lightning experience mm -hmm. where uh all of a sudden i was filled with energy uh I began to experience voices um, and dreams, not sleeplessness, um, some mania. So I, it's almost like my finger was plugged into an outlet. Mm -hmm. And it happened, I guess, over a period of a few months initially. And uh, I began to, I had to, I had to, I was actively involved in a career in consulting and dealing with corporate clients and whatnot. So I tried to hold that ground, but it became increasingly difficult and ultimately not sustainable. Mm. So, um, and it became difficult to have a relationship with my wife and my basically have a relationship with myself because my whole um, experience in life got turned upside down. So it's like you result, were, it's like you were at war with yourself. Uh, it is, yeah, but the hate idea wasn't there. I don't mean I from a hate perspective. It just, but that there was there was two sides of you who were fighting. Still implies, right, that there was some sort of a but. But there's two sides of you who are struggling to be heard, struggling to feel. Um, that they are being heard and it come when it comes to how you are uh, uh proceeding in the path of life would you agree with that statement uh definitely and, and think of it as uh being launched from one shore out into a sea and trying to keep looking back holding on to the shore from whence you came mm -hmm. and yet you you kept traveling forward to a place you couldn't see you didn't know where you where you were headed all you know that whatever was happening to you was uh something 
in in essence, I don't feel like I really had control. Mm. I mean, it was inside of my mind, and my mind was trying to uh, understand what was happening to it. It's like I couldn't shut down my mind, mm -hmm. and I had to try to understand. So I did the best I could. I worked with automatic writing. Uh, I did some, uh, well, I did voice channeling, but I was just in a room, probably in the middle of the night, channeling. And it's somewhat what somebody would see if they walked in the room. He's talking to himself. In fact, that happened to me once with my wife. And eventually, uh, after maybe three months of that, I had to be hospitalized for a week. I couldn't sustain it, uh, and it affected my job. And um, after after being hospitalized, I was really angry about the experience because it basically my my uh, my experience became a train wreck that mm -hmm. you know impacted significantly my career, my engineering career, my relationship with my clients, my coworkers, and so it it was it was a real challenge. But yet after that. Uh, and then I began therapy. Um, I saw a doctor, um, and it, as a result of that, I I was kind of regrouped, got myself back together, continued on in my job, mainly functional, not not as functional as before, but um, I was able to do my job, sustain that. So, and that went on for about another year, or long, maybe a year and a half. And during that period of time. I didn't have that intense uh, struck by lightning experience. Mm -hmm. It was it was still in my body, and I was working with automatic writing, and I was able to kind of partition the experiential life from my professional work work life, and I was able to do some you know mm -hmm. pretty much functional in both. And until uh, that struck by lightning feeling happened again. Um, probably about a year and a half after the first one. And then it became more intense, more and more and more intense to the point where um, I was in a hot tub one time, one, one time late at night and I was thinking about my projects at work and all of a sudden I began to cough. And then, then I began to cough up words and then the whole voice channeling experience began on a whole nother level. So it, basically, if you can imagine step experiencing one frequency trying to acclimate and then you rise up to that frequency then you then you learn to sustain that frequency and then after a period of time you're trying to rise up yet to another mm -hmm. frequency and learn to sustain that and the, let's just say the second step up um i've been learning su to sustain for over 10 years mm -hmm. over 10 years so yeah and so that's how the channeling began on that really that second leg up and so uh, you're still because I know you said in the in the beginning when you first had the experience you you did that voice channeling for a while and then you kind of I guess you know kind of shut it down or ignored it or whatever the case would be, but you're you're now uh, an active channeler. Exactly what what I do now. Uh, I'm really not promoting myself that, but I do a lot of uh, my own internal personal work on it, and what I'm trying to do in my channeling. And what's being presented to me in the channeling is a teaching and it's done through let's just call it soul access where um they, they refer to our functioning minds that we use day to day here as a mind of life mm -hmm. and what i'm learning to do is experience what they call not a life well integrate my life mind 
but working cooperatively at this level with my soul mind. It's mm -hmm. a whole, I think it's a different, a new paradigm. Uh, and I kind of consider myself a bit of a prototype, let's say a new way to experience your life by having not your soul that sent you here, not the soul that's more nebulous and abstract, but a soul that's present in your mind, mm -hmm. working, using your mind as a, an instrument. Mm -hmm. And so channeling is one word to use, but another word could be just um, a new paradigm for soul, mind, access, soul, mind, uh, collaboration, soul, mm -hmm. mind, cooperation. So anyway, it's a joint venture. I'm going yep and it's uh you know i it's very similar uh my own experience to yours uh, i did not have the uh the struck by lightning feeling but i've definitely had um uh, an awakening moment let's say um and one of the things that uh, i have realized because i i went down the path of channeling in fact this podcast began as etheric transmissions which was going to be a 100 channeled podcast and i did a couple of episodes like that um and then i paused i because i was really it, it was it was difficult for me it, imagine a toddler who's learning to walk televising that experience and still learning to walk along the way and so that's what it kind of felt like to me is that um i was still very much a very beginning level on my channeling experience but i was trying to bring people along because i felt the same as you i felt the calling and urge if you will to share what i am receiving in that pause between was like uh august or september of last year or this year excuse me to now what i have uncovered for myself is that my channeling was just that it was a connection between my uh, mind and my what some have uh, dolores cannon calls it an oversoul um you know uh, the mega soul higher self uh, the uh, yeah. uh super conscience i think some people call it but it is it is the part of you that exists outside of your body and so, um, which is much the same experience that you're, you know, that you're having. So what I have found for me is that my channeling experience has been happening my entire life. It's that, it's that gut feeling. It's that intuition that was always there as a whisper. And then once I had my awakening moment, I just tuned in to hear it more clearly and so in that regard i no longer sit down with the intent of channeling because it's always there i i ask a question in my everyday life and i receive an answer back because it's it's that connection to that integration like you said of who you are here in the physical realm and who you are um in a much higher uh dimension and so um i i so bottom line i i very much resonate with the the where you know, kind of where you started your progression along the way very similar experience to me um lucky for me i was not able i was not there was not a need for me 
to uh, be hospitalized, but only because I reached out to some people who I had connected with from doing another podcast. And one of those people was Deb Shakti. And I asked her for a reference um, for someone who does soul work. And so she connected me with somebody who connected me with somebody else who ultimately led me to somebody who helped me uncover some of these hidden truths for myself. And so, um, you know, in that regard, I didn't have to be hospitalized. So, so I, but I definitely was in that path and to the point where sometimes some of the things that I was saying, my wife was questioning if I should be hospitalized because these are in some ways, very, um, harsh, uh, ideas. I don't, harsh is not the right word, but they, they push against the accepted paradigm to use your terminology. Um, and so for some people, it's hard for them to think about and process what that could mean. And so our de facto, you know, default reaction to that is this person must be having a mental breakdown. They should probably be hospitalized and somebody should talk to them about it. And maybe they have repressed emotions or, you know, Freud would have said they have repressed sexual emotions or whatever the case may be. But, um, I think I, I just say all of that, my little diatribe there, if you will, to say um, that I I think that everybody, anybody who's ever been in a meeting at school, at work, with friends, and has had this urge to ask a specific question, to make a specific statement, to go somewhere specifically, that those urges are coming from that your higher self. That's your intuition speaking to you. And so although your North there are, Star. Right. Your North Star, right? Right. And so although there are people like yourself, Mark, and others who um, take those internal messages and externalize them via channeling, there are other people who can just take those internal messages and internal and, and externalize them via actions that they take. And so we are not I don't think that we are an evolution, if you will, or anything like that of humanity, just just like expression in art and music and everything else, people do it differently. You do it with externalizing the words that are coming to you. I do it with externalizing them via actions or little anecdotal questions that I ask or statements that I make or whatever the case may be. First of all, I agree, Jocks, with everything you're saying. And in, in many respects, we're traveling the, the same path. I would like to differentiate. First of all, let me just say one thing. I believe humanity is experiencing new paradigms of living. And I do, you know, you've heard the concept, the thinning of the veil, mm-hmm. the thinning of the veil between our consciousness and and a higher consciousness or heaven and earth, for example. Um, and my experience is very much about that. And the level that we experience in our life, my channeling would call it, we function as believers. We don't, we don't know, but we believe we're in life to experience love and to learn to perceive it using belief at the level of soul it's full awareness full knowledge so we are in essence the believers and at the soul mind the soul level 
they are the knowers. And in between, and integrating all of that, something mm -hmm. else I experience is called the angelic mind. So if you think of what brings the soul and the mind together, it's woven together by an angelic presence that it's not in the form of angels with wings, although it's that's the symbol we need, that's fine. But it's it's a consciousness of presence that's weaving all of us together, mm -hmm. weaving us together from this reality to a higher reality and and similarly weaving each of us together you and i you, it, mm -hmm. all of us together you think of it as uh horizontal integration and vertical integration so bringing things together and i experience the angelic mind the soul mind and something they call the creation mind if you can imagine um a full spectrum visual spectrum where um we function looking at a slit through that spectrum and we see certain things, but the full spectrum of consciousness would be broad beyond what we could even understand. Mm -hmm. But so what's happening is in an awakening experience, you begin to see that that window that you're looking through broadens. And what my, my experience would call, you're looking from your human mind, your life mind, through your soul mind and once you access that soul mind it becomes a portal into higher realms and which they would call the realm of creation and beyond uh yeah and i and i think that um i, I it is it is my i don't know opinion i guess because i don't have any evidence to back up anything that i'm saying but uh it is my opinion that um all creativity flows from that space um, that everything that we create uh, as an expression of ourselves, our feelings, uh, whatever the case may be, all of that comes from that much higher place, that, 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 uh, uh creator, uh, space, and it flows down to each of us. Um, I also think that it doesn't just flow to us. It, it flows to rocks, the air, sky, planets, dogs, Hunters. birds, bees, yeah. whatever the case may be. Um, they use it in the way that their bodies are configured to use it. And we use it in a way that our bodies are configured to use it. Um, and other life in the cosmos uses it in a way that their bodies are configured to use it. It, it, it's kind of like in, in you from an engineering background, if I take <clears throat> a motor that's made to run on an input of electricity and I hook it up uh, with lines uh, that are feeding steam, that's going to do nothing for that motor because it's looking for a specific type of input. And I think that that's true of all of us, that we have a need for a specific type of input. Sorry, I don't know how much of that picked up in the background. We have a need for a specific type of input. And if we are not getting that input, we may seek it from multiple different places, but ultimately it is that connection to our higher self that is the ultimate feed of that type of energy that we need to be productive in our lives, to be a full of expression of ourselves. Josh, another metaphor might be a symphony. Everybody's experiencing the same idea of the symphony, the same input, but yet it's being expressed through different minds, different yeah. souls, different instruments, and yet all together, 
it makes it yep. plays, a be- plays a beautiful music fantastic yeah. yep uh, also um it's funny you use the analogy of uh a ship at sea uh there's a there's a poem by greg kimura and i'm i'm probably going to get a copyright flag on youtube for reading this but i'm going to read it anyway and it's called cargo and i and i keep this on my desk because I, I read it throughout the day um and the poem goes as such you enter life a ship laden with meaning purpose and gifts sent to be delivered to a hungry world and as much as the world needs your cargo you need to give it away everything depends on this but the world forgets its needs and you forget your mission and the ancestral maps used to guide you have become faded scrawls on the parchment of dead pharaohs the cargo weighs you heavy the longer it is held and spoilage becomes a risk the ship sputters from port to port and at each you ask is this the way but the way cannot be found without knowing the cargo and the cargo cannot be known without recognizing there is a way and it is simply this you have gifts the world needs your gifts you must deliver them the world may not know it is starving but the hungry know and they will find you when you discover your cargo and start to give it away and that poem hits me every time i read it i got a little surge of of energy right there as i read it uh (laughs) definitely resonates with me because that's where i feel you know each of us has a point in our lives some some people call it you know a midnight a midlife crisis or whatever but each does has a point in our lives when we start to question is getting up and going to work every day is walking the dog is is all of that all life is and we we have that recognition that there is more to life than that the problem comes and this is where the crisis usually happens in that we think we have to because we are dualistic creatures we think we have to abandon one path to start another but that is not the case the key is integrating the two paths together you know um like i said a few minutes ago i have a very strong intuition and i have realized that for me that is my channeling voice is my strong intuition how i use that in my professional career has led me to have some pretty significant professional advances because I know and I listen for the right time, the right place, the right topic, etc. And so I've used that to my benefit. And when somebody asks me, oh, how did you know to ask that question? I say, well, it was my, I trusted my intuition. And then have you ever thought about your intuition? And I can use that as an opportunity to talk about the other path, the other side of me that I want to share, the other side, the other gift that I have. And so I think that's where most of us struggle is realizing that we don't have, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both. Um, One idea comes to me that when we experience what somebody would say, I felt that deep down in my soul, that intuitive awareness, that's, that is something, um, uh, something of a soul experience, but I would call it more of an indirect soul experience where you're feeling something more abstract as an intuitive feeling. But I would call, um, 
my own experience and maybe others and maybe yours uh a direct experience of soul which is different because uh in my case i had to move out of the way it didn't have mm -hmm. anything to do with where i thought i was headed what i thought i could do who i thought i was it's almost like i got to the place in my life is i don't know what anything is about i don't know why i'm here i don't know what i'm about to do and so i just kind of had to let that let that go and mm -hmm. kind of sit in that space and basically have compassion and non-judgment that i just arrived at a place in my life that some people could say it's stuck but maybe stuck in neutral but by doing so um i emptied out expectations about what my life should be and just became um uh, an open channel to what my soul did yeah. and so it's like it's like my soul i created space in my mind mm -hmm. for my soul to occupy and it brings its own awareness into that space and at that point it, i'm not feeling anything intuitively well i am feeling it intuitively but i'm not feeling as as an abstract sensation mm -hmm. i'm feeling it as direct um communication yeah, i think probably the difference is is that an intuitive it a gut feeling like you said is a nudge right it's a it's an indirect nudge it's something is giving you a message it wants you to listen the difference is between that and active intuition is you seeking the guidance of your higher self when you ask the question what do i need to know from this situation is there a specific question I need to ask, et cetera, et cetera. And you get a response. That's the difference between active and passive intuition, in, in my opinion. And that that channeling, right, the, the words coming from your mouth are simply you performing a, a, an act of active intuition. You're asking for input and those words are flowing to provide whatever that guidance or information needs to be. One thing I'd like to like to draw back on is that back during my kind of what I call my second step up, um, I began to experience what many different things. I was having visions, channeling, um, automatic writing. Uh, it was so intense. But during one of those experiences in the middle of the night, um, basically, I got up, felt compelled to, went back in our in my study, laid down, and I began to feel energy sensations in my body, almost like a wave. Mm -hmm. And they kept increasing in frequency and magnitude to the point I I didn't know what was gonna happen, but I basically I completely ramped up over let's say oh, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Anyway, but in doing so. I felt like there was so much energy present in my body. Something was going to materially manifest in the room. Mm -hmm. That's all I could think. Something's going to happen because I don't know what it, what is happening to me. But in so doing, uh, after that, I went to sleep. I woke up the next morning and there was a presence in my mind that wasn't there before. Mm -hmm. And that presence became known to me or shown to me as what they call the, what, she, what it calls the Emily mind of all there is and the mm -hmm. emily mind of all there is is this kind of all-knowing uh presence and my last 10 years is trying to not academically learn about it 
but learn to experience it mm -hmm. as an open channel and letting that Emily presence take me to that non-awareness. In fact, one of the visions I had, Emily, I saw her in my mind taking me up a mountaintop. We got to the mountaintop and she showed me a vision. And in that vision, all I could see was a shimmering, elegant blackness. And I had no words for it. I had no explanation, no concept of it, other than an overwhelming feeling that I called non-existence. And I don't know, and to this day, I can't tell you what it is, but that's the feeling of something beyond my existence, I guess is one way of saying it. But mm -hmm. in coming out of that experience, I became, I had this thought when I became, when I was coming up, I said, I'm going to begin to put myself back together. So then when I had that thought, I became self-aware. Then I, it, I began, it, then the next thought I had, I'm going to put myself back together. I became uh, aware of my body. I became aware of the room. I became aware of uh, my parts of my life. Mm -hmm. and slowly, I began to piece myself together. So somehow, I was taken out of my life situation, out of my understanding of anything of who I am, shown something that I had no clue what it was, right. and then came out of that with experience, with knowing that there's something that in my mind that's showing me something in my life, probably a way that North Star I was referring to mm -hmm. earlier, and that presence calls itself the Emily mind. And when I woke up the next day, I remember going out in the yard, aware completely that somehow I was, I was two people for the lack for a simpler way to think of. It. I was I was of two minds: a mind that was self-aware, and a mind, my own mind, not being the self-aware mind. So I remember going out in the yard, looking at flowers, smelling flowers, uh, touching flowers wanting this Emily presence in my mind to experience the physical reality of the world. I remember getting the hose and putting water on my hand. I remember riding my bike and feeling wind going past all, all the while feeling that I was teaching that presence about the physical world in, as I would experience it. And so, and I've had multiple dreams about the Emily mind, uh, I've had, by the way, after I had my uh, my second step up, my dream life changed dramatically, and I had about ten plus years after that dreaming about well-known figures, and dreaming about them in the context of you and I having a conversation the yeah. same way. Well, but at the soul level, we are all connected, and nobody mm -hmm. is more well-known than another person. We're all equally mm -hmm. well-known. So somehow I was experiencing the soul presence in my dream state. And I had um, over 20 dreams about John Lennon. I had dreams about different American presidents. Um, I had dreams about 20 or 30 different professional golfers. You name it, writers, Emily Dickinson mm -hmm. um, and her family. There was a series, and in fact, it was happening so frequently I had to put a, a spreadsheet together to keep track of all of this. And it went on for about 10 years. And um, a couple of years ago, it just kind of it faded. So I have no idea what that's about other than learning to experience 
soul consciousness where we're not aware of differences. We are all the same, mm -hmm. but we can wear a different costume, if you will, and be different people, but we're all the same totality. So anyway, yeah. so, but, but, but as we're talking about a mind, we're using our mind to experience a soul in a certain way. In my case, there is a mind presence within my life and calling itself the Emily mind that's showing me that maybe uh, showing me a path forward and how to experience higher realms of consciousness, including what, what Emily would call all there is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I uh, definitely I resonate with all of what you just said. I, I've had dreams with uh, having a conversation with Plato and Socrates. Uh, some of the some wow. of the greatest dream greatest dreams are um, uh, discussing uh, the philosophies of logic um, and life beyond life with Plato and Socrates. Uh, one of the one of the best ones was uh, Socrates and I were having a conversation, and Plato walked in uh, stark naked. And um, uh, Socrates said, Plato, you're naked. And he said, who cares? I'm dead. And we all just kind of laughed. And then he just walked out of the room. So it was just, it's it, very interesting, to your point, uh, dreams that you have with all these people. Um, I do also think that... But gosh, they're also, but just, but I just wanted to interject this. No, go ahead. In those dreams, like your, your dream, you didn't feel like Socrates was this bigger than life historical character. No. He was the person, right? Just like you and I are having a conversation, well, and, I, and frankly, I don't, I don't think about people that way in general. Anyway, um, you know, I don't. If if uh, let's say that I'm out somewhere and I'm a I'm a huge Star Trek fan, and there's not like there's nothing behind me that really indicates it, but but I am. I guess my mug would be the indication. So if I was out somewhere and Sir Patrick Stewart uh, was ten feet away, I would not hesitate to go talk to him because at the end of the day. Yes, he's done great things and a lot of things that I um, really appreciate the work that he's done. But I'm, I mean, he's just a guy. I mean, I, you know, in all actuality, I would probably leave him alone because he's just a guy trying to have whatever day he's trying to have. Um, so, in regards to that, I mean, I don't really treat people as celebrities anyway. Um, but yes, to your point, it's we as we attribute fame and notoriety uh, to people based on the deeds and the works they produce. In all actuality, most of us, if you break those deeds and works down to their common element, which is for the betterment of humankind, then a lot of us do similar deeds and works throughout our lifetimes. And because of that, we should hold our ourselves and each other in the same regard that we hold the actors of the world and the uh, sports people of the world etc they may do it on a larger stage but we're all performing the same play exactly because we are all in my experience they use the term we are every mind experience our life is what they call and each mind is an individual mind but in truth in it we are every mind we are one as the saying goes or as the, as the teaching goes and so we are all we are all on the same stage we're all doing the same play appearing to be different characters in the mm -hmm. play yeah 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 um something else i wanted to uh, just take a step back and say 
you were talking about when you kind of um, realized that you had this other presence in your mind and you were going out and you were showing it uh, what it was like to be physical. Uh, the thing that popped into my head at, at that moment was uh, it was showing you what it's like to be physical because we go through our lives. We get so, we get so accepting that like, this is a piece of paper and we forget to experience the physical sensation of touching a piece of paper, the physical sensation of reading words. Um, you know, so much of meditation is, uh, the, the, the core, the base of it is breath work. It's, it's feeling the sensations of taking a breath of holding that breath and of, of exhaling that breath. And so I, Doctor, think I would that, call, I would call that experiencing presence. Right. Somebody might say mindfulness, the Zen, right. the Zen right. Of the awareness, moment. right? Awareness would be a good awareness. word too. Yeah. But yes, yeah. I mean, the bottom line is, is that I think all of this stuff that happens to us, uh, whether it be that you see a UFO, you see a Sasquatch, you see a ghost, you, have an awakening experience, whatever the case may be, it's because we were at a point in our lives, each one of us, each experience that you've had, you were at a point in your life when you had lost the reason, you had lost the understanding of what we're here to achieve. And so you had an experience that was profound in whatever way it was. I don't, I don't care if you were uh, making toast and there was the depiction of the mother, the Virgin Mary on your toast, regardless of what it was, you had that experience because you needed to, in that moment to cause you to question the nature of your reality that potentially would trigger you to start down a different path. One that leads to self discovery and awareness. And so all of these things are really just to remind us that we're not just here to pay taxes and drive cars and play baseball, that we're here for something bigger. And it's part of, part of this life journey is discovering each and every time what that bigger thing is. Um, what I'm thinking about is before we can be open to those insights of the discovery, we have to get to our place earlier. You called it, you know, the, the dark night of the soul, but to me, and it's, you have to make yourself empty. You have to create a place where your intentions are put neutral so you can be open to a new direction. And for me, it wasn't just like, it was, for me, it wasn't like slowly thinking intellectually that, oh, I don't really know what I want to do, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was having that hit by lightning experience. So at some level, in the soul level, it said, Mark, this is this phase of your life is over. You're feeling you're not feeling that connection with that part of your life. And then you become open. In fact, I I, I had to say, I, I really don't know anything. There, there's a um, passage in the book of Courts and Miracles. It says there's nothing that we are more afraid of is that we don't know the thing we are. But then it goes on to say, but the thing we are will tell us of itself. Mm -hmm. So the, the whole idea is your the framework of your mind has to be able to accept that who you really are is within you and all your searching outside for knowledge 
is really all contained within you, but beginning to to listen inwardly as opposed to trying to connect the dots in your life outwardly. Yep. Uh, 100% agree. Um, so uh, I do want to be uh, cognizant of your time and our listeners' time. And we've been going for about 45 minutes or so. Um, has been a great conversation. I would definitely, if you're open to it, like to have you back sometime. Um, uh, and maybe even if you're open to it, when you come back sometime, if you're open to actually doing a channel uh, on the show as well, you could think about that and let me know how you feel about it. But in the meantime, for anybody who wants to find you, uh, find the work that you're doing, read about you, whatever the case may be, where can they do that? Um, they can go onto my website, uponsoul.com. Some people read that as uponsoul.com. Uh, I, when I put it together, I thought of uponsoul, but then well, people looked at, oh, uponsoul.com. That's catchy. So mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, but that's where I have my bio and some of my channelings there. And it, it's only, it's a, it's a pretty new website. So it doesn't have a lot of content. Well, it's got a lot of content, but I'm, Plenty that a lot more, but yeah, that's where they can find me upon soul.com. Okay. So, um, if you, like I said, uh, those listening, uh, go to upon soul.com. You can read about Mark, uh, go into a little more depth around how he, um, excuse me, made these discoveries of himself, uh, kind of maybe where, um, his higher soul or his higher self is taking him on this journey. And if you feel like, you're on a similar journey, um, or you are starting a similar journey, I'd love to hear about it. So drop me a line, Josh Rutledge at MysterialExperiences.com. And maybe there's even an opportunity to connect you with some folks that can help you nurture that journey that you're on. So thank you again, Mark, uh, for coming on the show. And like I said, I uh, would love to have you back in a future episode. And uh, for anybody who's listening out there on YouTube or on the podcast, you can find Mark's website linked in the description. So thank you again. Thank you, Josh. And good to be here. It's good to have this discussion with you. And thank your viewers for uh, tuning in. Thank you.